Action boy now. Action girl now. We're talking about the 1995 Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. I'm Rhino. I'm Ken. And we are the Podcast Rangers. Go, go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Again, I am your host, Rhino, and joined, as always, by my other host. Also hosting. Well, I shouldn't say my host. I should say the other host, because now I imply that this is my... Like, like, I'm hosting you somehow. Yeah, yeah. Like, you are my host, but I am also your host, and we are just having two dinner parties in one giant house. But we're not at each other's house either, so... Yes, have fine. Yes, please. Where's your butler? This is absurd. Um, if, I, if I know anything from watching Power Rangers Operation Overdrive, it's that you should have a butler. Um, well, we're here. We're here to talk about because I don't know about you, Ken, but I am feeling like the 1995 Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie is not getting uh, uh, any love at all because is it not? It's 25th anniversary this year. Am I not doing that math correctly? It, I believe it is the 25th anniversary. I mean, did the, the Blu-ray come out? No, the Blu-ray came out last year, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, it, that and the Turbo one came out after it. And they made, you know, and the, I feel like even and before that, sometime in the last couple of years, there was like an Alamo Drafthouse showing of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, but it was like in Texas because that's where a couple of them live and they were able to get some of them to come to the showing. Like, we're going to get dinner and we'll also show up to this, I guess. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, But that wasn't I don't even think that was for the 20th anniversary. But I do believe that is where people were like, there is a 4K cut of a high definition cut of this movie because they were like, we can see there's clearly difference. It was also it was on like HBO and people were like, this quality is better than the DVD. So something's going on. And then, yeah, I remember I was watch I watched the HBO streaming version of it before the Blu-ray came out. And I was like, this looks great. Um, I mean, mean, as good. As of recording this, I mean, we are like, uh, we're, you know, less than two weeks away from the anniversary. I mean, by the time you hear this, I think it will be around the anniversary or just have passed it. But um, it's kind of crazy to me because I feel like Hasbro has been doing such a great job of being like, oh, this season, this many years old. I'm like, are they just ignoring the movie? I don't. But they did a. They they did like a turbo episode rewatch, but that's not the movie, I guess. So I don't know. It's it's weird. I haven't just maybe it's like a rights thing. Like they don't want to spend too much time because they don't necessarily have. They have all the rights, though. That's the crazy part. Hasbro Hasbro has everything. And like when it when Power Rangers was sold to Disney, I remember a big thing being like they didn't buy the music. So any of the uh, show, like it didn't have like, that's why in the 15 year anniversary episode, Adam doesn't have the go, go power Rangers music behind him. It's only the other Mm -hmm. theme song. So it was a weird, it was like a weird thing with that. But as far as I knew, everything got repackaged together with like the Neo Saban era and then came back in whatever, regardless, I don't know why they're doing it. This movie's a gem. I don't know how you feel about it. How do you feel about it, Ken? Uh, It's probably one of my favorite, like, translations to film of like something I loved as a child and I can still watch it today and enjoy it. So yeah, I love it. 
I, I feel like I, I, you know, and I've said this to you many times that I actually feel like this is a movie that is getting better with age, that it's like a, a nice encapsulation of like a specific time period. Like it, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're all very fashionable in it. They're all, you know, everything is very, it, it it's very, whatever it was like to an extreme, but not to the extreme where it's like, like Mortal Kombat, I feel like you know where that was. Well, I don't know. I don't know if that That's, was extreme. That, that might have been really a terrible example. <laughs> no, I know. Um, I'm thinking like Double Dragon, maybe, but it Double it's Dragon, like yes, because that was like fake future, like 1997. They're yeah, like in the future, 1997, everything's going to be a wasteland. And and like I don't I don't know. This is like a nice little. It's like a it's like a pure innocent little time capsule. And it, and there's nothing even about it that makes it like super inherently 90s. Like maybe a little bit. Not even there. I feel like you could be like, oh well, the hair. And I'm like, no, nah, I don't. I don't see anybody's hair. I don't see much of what they're wearing or doing to be like incredibly outdated. You know what I mean? Like rollerblading, maybe. Uh, I mean, I do have a pair of rollerblades in my car at all times, but I do think that is a side effect of watching this movie my whole life. So I'm probably in the minority, but I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. It's like, I mean, you could say something about like the, the jumping out of a plane with like, well, yeah, the, the skydiving thing, because I feel like that was also a thing that was happening a lot in movies around that time. There was a um, Wesley Snipes movie that was like about robbers jumping out of planes and stuff like very close to this, because I remember my ba- my dad took me to see both movies in theaters. Well, it definitely has a lot of that um, that that. Uh, which I, I associate with Power Rangers, but it'll be like, oh, here's a couple of lines, and then we're going to see this really fun, cool-looking scene um, with music, like this really awesome soundtrack in the back behind it. So there's a lot of that. Like you said, the plane jumping scene has that Red Hot Chili Peppers um, cover of the Stevie Wonder um, uh, song that is currently, the title escaping. is Slip, yeah, is escaping me right now. Um higher ground sorry uh and you know and then like any fight scene was like, but uh, that was classic power rangers any fight scene was mm-hmm. backed by this amazing ron wasserman sound you know soundtrack and then the movie was like wow we'll get hits from random things that kids don't really know but we'll put it in here but it all works somehow but um no i i i think it's one of those movies where i look up the reviews of it whenever i like you know a couple i'll watch it i mean let's be honest i watch this movie at least once a year um mm-hmm. But I uh, every now and then I do some internet diving. You know, we all get cu- stuck in those like rabbit holes, and and I see the reviews sometimes as like the original rating of it being so low. And I I, I don't watch that movie now. Having I went to film school because I said one day it would be a dream for me to be able to make a movie about like a movie based on power rangers and this was after this movie you know after the show the show was what inspired me to be like wow i can i there was something about the fusion of that the japanese footage with the american footage that when i found that out like something clicked but then also i I, we've said it before you know i feel like there's there's an underrated aspect of that footage how it's shot like a spaghetti western almost you know with a lot of these really amazingly um, uh, shots that are really well choreographed or, or p- the placement in the shots always have uses these like rules of thirds and, you know, and whatever within that, that four by three aspect of television that it, 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 it took a lot of effort 
to get that made. And I feel like people brush that sort of thing aside. And I'm like, to get something to be perfected the way it did, I, I don't know. There's something to it. And I I always thought, well, I'm going to make a Power Rangers movie that day. And the day they announced the 2017 movie, I went, I have failed as a human. <laughs> but um, it's like a dark period in your life. Oh, I got I got real sad about it. But I, I mean, happy that it was happening. But being like the guy, Dean Israel, I, I believe is also like the same age as me. So I was like, well, I should have been more aggressive and not messed up in my younger years. But we're here today and there'll be more movies. And that 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 is what it is. But um, I... I just I'm kind of shocked looking back on this now. Like, I feel like this movie is it's not it's not a perfect movie, but I do feel like I watch it and I'm like, this is a great movie for like kids to watch. But also like as a parent, I'm not I'm not like to any of it. It's there's none of it that I feel like is too much to get through. It moves along at such a quick pace. You know, it doesn't it doesn't drag. I, I think. Uh, for me, it's one of those things where I think this is a great, exa- like you said earlier, a great example of a like screen adaptation of something you loved, you know? It's, I think like the, how I always picture it is, it is the thing I loved from TV, but amplified to what I expect a movie experience to be, like better special effects, um, like better costumes, better like creature designs, um, like more amplified action. Mm-hmm. Um better lighting effects and kind of, you know, like you were talking about the framing of certain things. And like, you think of, you know, even some of like the set pieces that they use in this and the action scenes, like they do it really well. Um, And it was like remembering what it was like to be a child watching it. Like it's almost this kind of like encapsulation of a magical moment. Like you're seeing these characters you love, but you're seeing them way better. Yeah. And, but not like, if you think of other translations that have happened in movies, like you're seeing these characters and you're like, they're kind of the thing I like, but not what I want. Um, X-Men is a prime example of this. I grew up on like the Jim Lee comic books with the yellow costumes and like the nineties animated show. I was super excited when they were making the movie, but then they like spit in the face of those fans because they're like, what did you expect? Yellow spandex? And it's like, oh, yeah. I see, I, okay. See, I don't feel that way because I I think the first X-Men movie is is a great. I I love that movie, but I also like that's a weird dig to to have in there, especially when you look at like this is a prime example of like that stuff works for what it's trying to be. Right? Well, I, I yeah, I, I well, I, the thing I I think is that Power Rangers, when it started as a show and everything, and because it became such a huge fad, it got such a dismissive attitude from our parents. Not all of our parents, because my mom was very much like she loved... She, If I asked my mom to watch me to watch Power Rangers with me, she always enjoyed watching it. And she, mm-hmm. and she, till to this day, she encourages my like nephews and stuff like that. And did like, they get into it. And you, you so it's... fun running around those little costumes. But like, it, it's like... I it's been one of those things where I do feel like people got very snooty about it. You know what I mean? Where they're just, they gave it that, Oh, it's just, it's just like fifties Godzilla. It's a lot of bad dubbing, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, 
well, Godzilla is not bad. Why are you right. saying that? You know what I mean? Like it, it's one of those where I don't know. Is it an arrogance to other cultural, other forms of cultural storytelling? I, could that be it? And we're just we were open minded as children, and now that we're adults, that we were like, what was the problem? You know, mm-hmm. I, I think that could be part of it. Well, let's let's dive into sort of some broad strokes. Let's so w- with you know with what we said, everything we've said so far. Let's talk about the plot of the movie. Okay. okay. All right. So we've got the, the plot, you know, it, this movie opens the, like, like Ken said earlier, Rangers doing stuff where you're like, what parents signed off on their under 18 year old child jumping out of an airplane for charity. Terrible parenting. Usual, usual, you know, consistent in power Rangers, right? Right. There's complete blatant disregard for the safety of minors. Um, yeah. Does this movie start with a text crawl? It does. It starts very star Wars, right? It's right. very, and I feel like you've got Dalcia doing the voiceover and and what's interesting about the text scrawl too that you bring that up is that it it kind of almost essentially rewrites a little bit of the lore right there right because mm-hmm. this because you know it's, it's important to say that the the movie takes place in its own bubble the movie is self-contained existence it is mm-hmm. it is just that just the movie not really connected to the show it is a movie inspired by the show right. But you it's know. one of those things that works so well for like my dad would buy me the toys, but he didn't know anything about the show, but he was going to be the one to take me. So that text scroll was like, he was mm-hmm. like, oh, I get it. All right. I'm in. Yeah, and it worked. So anyway, yeah. Okay. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the big thing in the text scroll is that he, uh, what I love about it is that it's like they're all a team of Rangers, six people. So it's immediately is like, huh, take that, Tommy. Like. You are all team members here, you know, and then you you've kind of I feel like it's a pretty basic setup. You've got the kids doing the thing. They're doing the charity thing. And, you know, it's cool for us because we know who they are. You know, I can imagine parents being like, what the heck is going on here with all these parents jumping out of this airplane? And then that terrible parent on the ground who's like, yeah, my son goes to high school with you. I don't think that's I don't think Fred does go to high school with them, but it is still funny for me to think of that. Being like a charter school. Well, I think like he's a freshman and they're sophomores. <laughs> and, Maybe, and, you know, you have that do, big growth spurt over that summer. They do schools where it's like middle school, high school mix. Actually, that's the school I went to. So, yeah, it, it, it even even then it could have been a big brother situation, too. Mm-hmm. It's in, you know, it he, they never say they actually go to school together. And Fred is clearly like 12 years old. So he's also clearly neglected. So maybe that is very much like the, <laughs> the scenario. Yeah. But, you know, the kids doing their thing, rollerblading around time, having a good time. I like that we get to see like Bulk and Skull having their role in this movie. And, you know, and then a new threat is unearthed. And that's kind of we I I love that initial like scene of like Zordon and Alpha because it's got that cool like like the command center view. But then the music changes and it feel like it's one of those moments where it makes it all the sound makes it feel cold. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? You know, it's got that. Yeah hollow like who like echoey sound that's me who um i thought you had a soundboard installed Ooh. <laughs> don't mind me i just majored in mouth effects at school Ooh. um so uh i will not say any jokes but um i you know and 
it's all shiny. It's all, and then the Rangers like communicate and they go and you're like, Ooh, these kids are superhero. You know, look at it from a perspective where you know nothing about what's going on, mm-hmm. you know? And then they're teleported. They find out there's a new threat that is being unearthed. The all other bad guys are there. They've got these guys, the power Rangers lose their powers. They have to, their, their base of operation is destroyed. That, so they have nothing and they have to go to a, a another planet to find new powers while they leave earth like unprotected. So they have to go through and like face all these challenges I, I and then, you know, and ultimately survive, get these new challenges, get the powers, come back to Earth, stop the bad guy. And then but it's, you know, it's basic. But at the same time, it's like a very archetypical story of like a hero's journey almost. You know what I mean? Because you have the you know, you've got like Dulcia there warning them and then helping them. And like it's it's very it's like Star Wars meets Wizard of Oz. Yeah, they condense the Star Wars story into one movie, an hour and a half, right? Instead of Luke going to Dagobah to learn new things. The hero's journey is what I was trying to yeah. say, because that is what Star Wars is based on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, But it's, yeah, I agree. It's like fairly simple for a story, but it's also a lot of very visually interesting things that we hadn't seen before as people who had watched the show. Yeah. Um. Like once they get to the that all other world, like you're seeing kind of locations in all of the stuff that isn't traditional for Power Rangers. Well, you, even even, you know, even before that, um, talking about something you said earlier, you know, this being like a heightened version of everything we've seen. Yeah. The, being a kid in the movie theater, this is there's iconography that we recognize, but done in a new way. So like the command center looks different. Alpha is different. The suits are different. You know, all this stuff is different. They're fighting and at night. They're fighting. Uh, yeah. The, yeah. That was a big thing too. The, the nighttime fighting. But then, um, like you said too, I, I, that is the first time they go to another planet, isn't it? Or when did masked Rider start? Because they also go to another planet. Well, they also have gone to another planet once or twice because they do go to another planet to get the the sword for the power transfer. But it's it's kind of the first time the Rangers have really like completely lost their powers and had to be like, we need new powers. They'd lost the Zords before this, but that wasn't their powers, right? Right. Um I'm the nighttime fighting is I'm wondering if that's like a like I'm trying to stay positive, but also like I wonder if that's just a like they knew the suits might only look so good, but they might look better at night. I just didn't even realize so you said that that they're only in their suits when it's at nighttime. Right. But but I mean, well, they get their suits when they're on Fados and they're not it's not really nighttime yet. But I've seen those suits in daytime. They don't look bad in daytime. I mean, they've they I, had the suits on display at Disney for however many years. So Yeah, I I think that um, do you know that Planet Hollywood actually destroyed the Zord sets like without <laughs> permission? That's why they don't exist anymore, um, that they were like it was like Planet Hollywood had them destroyed them. And then the studio was like, hey, where are those sets we let you borrow? And they're like, uh, well, so yeah, um, uh, but yeah. Um, no, I, I don't know that I think it's that. I think that it was somebody who was like, you know what we never see? The Power Rangers fighting at night. You know what we never see? The Power Rangers doing this. Like, I think it was somebody, I think it was a decision where they were kind of like, let's try some different stuff. It is, it is um, like 
a place for them to do like obviously they have that big action scene in the the construction site which is really neat because like it's like on multiple levels rather than just like a rock quarry um but like it but them. it still is a rock quarry at the same time, which right. is which is fun that uh, I I never really put those together till you just said that too. Which uh, now I'm like, okay, new appreciation for that. But like they're they're working on multiple levels and like they're interacting with that. But also like with it being at night, you have them utilizing these upgrades to their suits that we hadn't seen before, right? Like the flashlights on the that's uh, true. Helmets, yeah. Um, the deleted scene stuff with like Adam's helmet being like the ears, so like sonar stuff. Oh, what? I've never seen that. That's in the book, I think. The um, is it? Well, because Adam history. Yeah, the Inside Editions book. Yeah. Because um, Adam, Adam, Adam never got to show anything. No power, whatever. And was he the only one? Um, I mean, Tommy had Saba, but that was like we knew what that well, was. But he had Saba. Billy had the Stegastinger. Kimberly had the Thunder Whip, and then Rocky and uh, Aisha's. Th- yeah, poor Rocky Adam. He had the visor, like the laser, like visor thing. He looked like RoboCop. Um, and then I, yeah, Aisha had the the flashlight things, which I do um, love. In the book, he had like it was ears on the thing. I mean, it makes so sense. It was like, it was like an elephant. elephant yeah. Um, but again, like you're you're seeing the kind of like laser line go back and forth on like it's almost like a motion detector on Rocky's visor. And then you're seeing the flashlight for that. Like that works at night so much better than if they tried to do it at, in the daytime. So I see what you're saying. Yeah. Where, where they were like, what what's the best way to like visually represent this stuff on mm-hmm. screen? Yeah, it does. A lot of that stuff early on does remind me of the Giver movie, which was like the from the early 90s, like an anime like uh live action movie with um Mark Hamill where it's like based on a, a like, you know, bio like Power Ranger type suit thing. But like um so the the creature effects and the designs are very similar to that. So I wonder if like they looked to that to kind of leap off from there. But there's just so much like tech stuff on the suits that is much more impressive than I was anticipating, I think, when I was a kid especially like the toys for this were like just, you know, vac metal, like shiny version. Yeah. They were, they were just, they were the same. However many inch toys that we'd had as the original power Rangers. They were now just like shiny versions of them. So. Mm-hmm. But with a different box, it was like the gray scale. Well, the, Yeah. Yeah. They were still triangle boxes though, weren't they? Um, for the eight inch ones. And then the, but the smaller ones were just like the flat card. Um, I'm currently trying to flip through the book to find the ears. <laughs> Um, well, let's not also talk. Let's also talk about that. You know, this movie gave us the ninja suits, which I think look, which, you know, then did carry through to the TV show. I think those are, those are great. It's like this movie did have a lot of issues getting made. You know, it's, it's, it's no secret. You know, they basically had to reshoot a lot of the movie because some, this is the, this is the part of that where I was like, this is why I think whoever makes the movie has to be a passion for a mo- for the product of the movie and not just be a hired person because somebody said, well, we want to see their faces. And I'm right. like, well, you know, a superhero's identity is usually secret. And that's a big part of the show. And I feel like that's right there was removed. But then on top of that, somebody was just, I can't believe they filmed as much as they did and was like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, those are stupid. The helmets look stupid without the visor and the mouth. Yeah. It's so weird. I don't. 
it's one of it's some it's that stupid question where people are always like why do they have the mouth and i'm like i don't know why not have the mouth that's where their mouth is in the suit who cares if they have a mouth i don't care i don't so know So when they're going to an alien world the people like the aliens know where to look I, I just I, that's um, not something i literally it's admit such a weird hang up like yeah exactly it's something i never even think well, it's, of it's, okay so like you think of like samurai armor right like um if we tie this into another movie around the same time, like Ninja Turtles three, right? When the turtles go back in time, they, and they get the samurai armor. They have those like traditional, like, uh, face masks that have the mouths sculpted in, right? Like the demon mouth thing, like, well, three ninjas. Sure. So like, it's, it's one of those things where it's, it's very traditional in its aesthetic, especially from potentially the countries that these shows are derived from. Even if I was an, you know, just such an ignorant person that I was just like, all right, I'm watching this movie all by itself. There's no moment where I look at this. Like I'm literally staring at a power Rangers helmet right now. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm looking at it and I still am not like, why is there a mouth? It looks well, like there should be a mouth there. Does like, it bother you if the mouth doesn't move? Like, no. That would be the only thing. Like, if you're hung up about the mouth, like, are you upset because it's not moving? But then, well, the also, of- have you ever seen the movie Halloween? It's it, like masks. It's a mask. The mouths don't move on masks. Like, well, do people not understand that? Prime example of why you shouldn't have like give things mouths that don't need it and then make them move is that Transformers movie, right? Optimus Prime getting lips. Like, that's what, what? happens if you give him lips and he moves. What Transformers movie? The Michael Bay one. Wait a minute. Did Optimus Prime not used to have a mouth before that? Yeah, the faceplate. Oh, weird. I never even noticed that either. I just like, I guess I'm not really hung up on the mouths of things no, as much as other people. Uh, anyway... I feel like we're we're on the mouth for too long here now. Twenty five minutes on the mouth. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I no no real. I really don't have any issues with the plot, like the actual like the story where they have to. I, I mean, it is kind of quick when Alpha's just like, "There's great power. There's a power here that does." When they kind of talk about it on the show, it makes more sense than it does in the movie, I guess. Um, but it's still kind of like, all right, well, he, he basically was like, what do we do? Our mentor's dying. The computer's dead. Like, what are we going to do? And Alpha's like, well, there is this one legend about this power source that might be on this one planet. He's like, I, that's, that's all I know. And they're like, well, we have to try something. Otherwise we're just dead. And, you know, so that doesn't even really bother me. It's enough information for like all the kids to be like, okay, we get it. And it's like quick enough to the point where, like it shouldn't bother you. It shouldn't be a hangup because like it's, it's what an hour it's less than an hour and 40 minutes. Right. So it's quick enough for the parents to be like, all right, well, that means I'm going to be out of here sooner. <laughs> and the kids get it because they're like, okay, they're going to get their powers back. It's, it's just such a decent way for the kids who are fans to know what the stakes are and to recognize that there is stakes versus like potentially. Yeah. Like they're going to be, they're going to be stuck there if they can't find the power. Right. So it's, it's having some sort of like ramification for things, not uh, going the way it should. Um, I mean, it's enough to get invested in. Well, and I, I, you know, I do know like Ivan Ooze's backstory is light on plot too, or just basically like, Oh yeah, there was this other guy that was pretty terrible. And, 
some people like you locked him away this one time and he got out and like Rita and Zed want him to be on their side and the Power Rangers want to go and stop him ahead of time and he's not really on anybody's side but he hates Zordon so you're like Oop. like you know what I mean there, there's not it's enough it's like what you said it's enough it's not not any of this it, it doesn't have to be too much I'd rather you, I don't know so I, I too invested like it's it's too much to take in or like it gets too self-involved where you're just like okay it hits the beats of the show that it needs to hit you know what i mean where it's like it's very recognizable as being like this is a a it's like i know this is a weird example to bring it to but the simpsons movie i always think is a great like the simpsons movies i enjoy because i think it's like a really really great episode of the show Mm -hmm. But it's like a long version of it. But you know what I mean? But I don't mean it in a way where I'm like, oh, it's long. But it's like it's a longer version of a great episode of a show. And the Power Rangers, I feel like, is a great example of all the things that are great about the show. They kind of incorporated that into the movie. And we're like, all right, well, it's a really great long episode of the show. Mm hmm. Um, and you know, um, so let's move on from plots. Let's talk about the actual like suit design in this. Cause this is, this is dramatically different from the show, right? Yep. This yeah. Is you know, where we're getting like our armored suit designs. Like I think the, the description, the visual effects guy was like, I wanted it to be more like three dimensional. Mm-hmm. And I think that like the, the traditional power ranger suits that we had been used to translate very well to coloring books. Right. Or like color forms. Interesting. Like, like very like flat aesthetics that make sense, like easily to delineate lines and, and like the line work, but to translate to a three dimensional thing or like something where the camera is going to be able to identify um, much more dynamic information, I guess, or like visual information to a viewer uh, in a movie like to make it some sort of spectacle, they wanted it to be a they added some texture, you know, like yeah. tangible thing. Yeah. Um, so you're getting this, this kind of like more, uh, technology based suit, um, armor along with like weird, uh, like the stuff in between the suit is kind of like that. It looks well, like it, the stuff that's between Alpha's arms anyway. Like it's, his it's, joints. it's made out of PVC. So mm-hmm. I know that it did not, it, it was basically made and they're like, this looks great, but it wasn't tested. So I know that a lot of the suits ripped a lot. So they had a lot of problem with that. Like they say that the promo image of the white Ranger, the one that was used on like the cards or the seven up thing that they did around that time or whatever, that like, if you look closely, the crotch of the suit is actually ripped. Yeah. So in the book, they talk about how the suit actors couldn't move their anything below their waist properly um which when you see some of the stunts in the movie you're like that doesn't seem yeah how does adam and rocky do those kicks Um, so what they do is like they cut like different parts of the seam so that's why in that for that suit specifically like there's a specific cut like around like crotch regions and then like uh any sort of like joint that would require them to lift it um because if they if they didn't do stuff like that, the actors themselves could end up with like long lasting injuries. Michael Keaton is a prime example of um, someone who has like a long lasting injury from how structured the Batman suit was from the 1989 movie. What happened to him? Like his, he still has like a hip issue because of that. Like one of the kick things he did like messed up because he was like fighting against the suit or something. Hmm. Um, 
and then like the same thing with like moving the neck. Uh, but I, I just, I think it was a bold decision to make the suits out of something that didn't stretch as much as it, so it, you know, it should have. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that maybe that was corrected in 2017 when they did the design for that, even, you know, at least even with all that armor, it's still the base of that suit. You can see it in the movie still had like that spandex material to it. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying I, I love the movie suits, the 1995 mm-hmm. movie suits. Like I love the 2017 ones too. I like those as well, but the, the 95 ones are like, yeah, those are movie suits. Like they're cool. And you know, and technology has advanced so much in the last 25 years that I'm sure they could come up with something better, but it's kind of like, this was kind of where I wish they maybe had gone from with the, with the other movie. Well, no, cause I like that the other 2017 movies like its own thing, but if they do, mm-hmm. you know, when they do it again, I'd like, you know, maybe a look back at these because I feel like they do look, they do work well. You know, I love that the functionality was given to the helmets too. I love right. that add on. We talked about earlier with Rocky, with the scanner, Aisha with the eyes and, you know, it's kind of cool where you're like, okay, they kind of all had their own thing. That makes sense. Like, I love that Tommy's shield is a lot higher than it is in the mm-hmm. the show. I feel like I like his shield better in the in the yeah. movie than I do in the and actual it's like show. Fitted to his actual like chest, yeah, like just a lumpy thing that dro- like droops. That's also the first thing I noticed when um, the trailer for this like came out on the PageMaster VHS. Like that's the only mm-hmm. reason why we rented PageMaster is because they advertised it with having the Power Rangers movie thing on it, and it had the times. tick tock. Tick tock, you're running out of time. You know that song, Combat. That's my like one of my favorites. That and fight. Also, what's interesting is Tommy does not have a black belt. I'm just realizing that he has a white belt. They all have white belts, but then, but then Adam has a white belt when he's wearing the black ninjetti suit, and Tommy has a black one. What's up with that, bro? Anyway, I like I. You know, we got to talk about the um. The ninja. Wait, they're ninjetti in the movie, right? Yeah. Ninja on the show, ninjetti in the movie. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes I get it mixed up. Um. No, I. Uh, I enjoy these ninja suits. I, I enjoy. You know, I. I actually I like that they were carried through to the show. It's just something where it was. It was the first time where they had this like s- something in between their civilian and then the other. Right. You know. And I get why they did it probably because it meant it was faster to be able to film the other scenes. Cause you could have other actors be standing in and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But, and if you're paying the actors to be there anyway, like put them in the suits to do the stuff, right? Let them see their faces rather than like have suit actors do stuff while you're paying two actors at the same time. Plus I, I just, I don't know. I love a good, I've got a good, uh, I don't know. I love a good, a good like comfy looking suit. That's the thing. I've got one on order right now. And I'm realizing as I'm saying this, the girl has not messaged me back yet. And she has like a thousand dollars of me and my group's money. And I am going to get mad in a second. Um, No, but I, I mean, I, I, I feel like we still see the aesthetics of the suit. Like they still work today where you're like, Oh, these are cool suits. You know, like it's, a, it's an interesting power up that we've never really seen anything like this before where the mm-hmm. Rangers had like another suit, you know? And I do like that. They brought that to the show afterwards, but um, well, let's talk about the villains, you know, let's talk about all the villains in here. Cause we got, we got some new, we got some old. Um, I don't know about you, but uh, Lord said like his design in this movie is like extra scary. His like his brain moves. 
Do you ever notice that? I always look at that. I have not noticed that his <gasps> brain. Moves. Okay. All right. Pulse? What? It does it like pulsate? Yeah. Uh, so um, there's like when he goes to when they first show up at the construction site and he goes to like open the egg. So I read something about this when I was younger and it's always something I've looked at now. But the brain is like moving the and mm-hmm. it is very noticeable. Like it is moving like you would imagine a brain kind of like moving like like you said, pulsating around. And it is gross. <laughs> uh, but I also think like hmm, that would never fly on the show. <laughs> like. Yeah, no, that was the, well, especially with the problems they already had with like parent groups about Zed to begin with, like let alone having an exposed organ doing stuff like that. I love I love like I love the sound of their voices in the movie. Rita and Zed, I don't know. How do you f- I, they 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 sound different from the show, right? Yeah, but they're still I mean, the same. Yes, it's it sounds like it's just recorded better, but also like they're putting maybe a little bit more like effort into it. Like the the uh, the Zed. I mean, the Zed sounds like extra menacing almost. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just going to double check that uh, to make sure that that actually is Robert Axelrod's voice. And I'm not just learning something new for the first time that that is mm-hmm. not him. Startling. Um, no, but I, I, I don't know about you, but I also like, I know we haven't talked about Ivan news yet, but I like Morden. I think he's funny. A, that was always like, we've talked about him previously where we're, when we were like doing the physical recordings, uh, back so, so long ago. So, so long ago. Um, but you had a Morden figure and I'm just like, it's so weird that you have the pig from the mighty Morphin power Rangers movie. And you're like, you mean Morden? <laughs> I love Morden. Um, it is it is uh, Robert Axelrod and Barbara Goodson and Richard Stephen Horvitz do the voice uh, of um, of their characters. And then Kerrigan, uh, um, I don't know how to say his name, Kerrigan Mahan, Mahan, who did the voice of Goldar on the show, is also the voice of Goldar. Nice. Yeah. Morden is voiced by a man named Martin Metcalf. But anyway... Um, um, yeah, I, I like Morden. I don't know. He's stupid, but I love it. Would you like me to make a few calls? <laughs> it's, it's, I still just... laugh at that. <laughs> How could I forget? I never knew. How could I forget? Uh, it, it bothered me when I was younger because I was like, where's, you know, where are the other two fools? Like, why do we have this guy? I don't know who this is. He's like, Squam Babu had a love child and it was Mordant. <laughs> No, I don't love that. Um, it was it was weird that you just he just shows up and you're like, wait a minute, who is this? <laughs> like with no explanation. But again, this is not really the show. I don't I don't know who was like, eh, get rid of those other two idiots. <laughs> like, get rid of Finster, get rid of Squat, get rid of Babu. We're just gonna have the, the this power couple here. What do we have? We have us pig man. Oh, cool. Give him a monocle and we're ready get, to go. Kids love pigs. Make him look like the Monopoly guy, but with shorts and a uh uh what's it called the shirt a halter top top, yeah like a a crop top (laughs) give him a a crop top i mean he's a fashion icon before his time so Mm -hmm. um Um, but then we have to talk about ivan ooze too obviously but goldar goldar looks great like this is oh i love it yeah zed goldar looks 
potentially the best he has looked in a long time. I love his eyes. Mm -hmm. I love how red his eyes are. Like, it's like they made him, it's the right combination of his voice at that time, but like being like, okay, well, he's not that scary, scary Goldar from the beginning of the show. And he's not like the bumbling Goldar, but he's like right in the middle. And the design matches the personality so well. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, I want a figure of that Goldar. I know that you'd be like, well, how do you tell the difference? Like you can tell the difference. Come on. There's like something about the face and like just posture things. And like, I'm just imagining like his body motions. Yeah. Like just that kind of like, it was like the suit actor was like trying to translate like breathing with the torso in a way that like, maybe because they had this new suit, like you could translate these actions to make it seem like a very living thing. Hey, I've got a, I've got a question real quick. I'm just realizing now that we're talking about Goldar. Where's Mm -hmm. Morden? Why is Goldar the only one with Ivanus on the top of that tower when the swords are fighting? Where's Morden? Where does Morden go? In the factory? Maybe. Cause I don't know. Cause he's in the movie in the very end. No, well he's in the end credit scene. Cause he's, he's there with Goldar when he spins around in Zed's chair and then Rita and Zed are like back to normal. Maybe he's warming up the seat. Wow. You get the pig to do all the work and then you don't invite him to the party. I see how it is. Wow. Um, <laughs> all right. So Ivan Ooze. Yeah, I, I, I think, I mean, Ivan Ooze, Paul Freeman is Ivan Ooze. I, I think that's a big part of the things that make this movie work so well. I mm-hmm. think it's like he's, he's, He's got that great. It's it's like the reason why I love Rito. You know, it's like kind of an over the top ridiculous character, but also when it needs to be scary, it can be scary. Mm-hmm. Um, like oddly enough, that actor is the reason my dad agreed to take me to the movie. Paul, my Freeman. dad is a huge Indiana Jones fan, and you know, he... I, st- I still tell people that, and they're like, "No," and I'm like, "Yes, it is." You're wrong. <laughs> uh, but he watched the trailer a couple times and he was like, I think that's, I think that's so-and-so. And this was like, you know, pre pre internet movie like, database, being able to just be able to like tally up IMDb. Like my dad had this like distinct ability to be like, no, recognize these people and just be like, no, I think it is. And then we would go pay to see a movie just so he could prove a point. And I was like five or like to 10 at that that point when he was doing this constantly. And I wouldn't care because I was just getting to see a movie. But um, the first thing he said when we left, he was like, told you it was Bellic. I just, I, I think that he just, every line he delivers is like every line is almost like a classic line. You know what I mean? Like there, there aren't a lot of characters that really provide that in movies. Well, I think about that. I think, uh, uh, you know, yeah, where's my autograph book? I was thinking about the Brady Bunch reunion. You know, um, I, I, I don't know. The touch, touch up. me, touch me in the morning. It, it, it touch me again. You'll be chicken wings in the morning. I like, I just, I love, I, it's just this like over the top personality. And it it's just, very Freddy Krueger. And it matches though, like it oozes this thing, and that's what he is. He's Ivan ooze. He oozes this personality. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. you're right. It is very Freddy Krueger. It's, it's like late a, Freddy Krueger. It's not early Freddy Krueger. It's like no Krueger, like late '80s, early '90s, where it was like, well, we're leaning into the joke, right? Like this guy's clearly having fun, and that's 
I feel very much like that's how Ivan Ooze translates. Like it's this guy who is having fun terrorizing people. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, but also has this like sense of danger about him. Like Mm -hmm. he's still, you know, and I I think, I think he's just, I, I think he's iconic in an, in of himself. And it's crazy that, that, you know, they made such an iconic villain and then it was not really a part of anything else because the movie exists by itself. But, um, I feel like we should talk about the other two, you know, created villains for this as well, which are the, or, I mean, there's multiple, there's not just two, but, um, you have the, uh, I don't know what you call, what they're officially called, like the ooze warriors, the, the ones well, they like, first pi- fight that explode. Yeah, I don't know. Like the, this is what, in the book. yeah, I, I, I know that consult the tome. Well, I know the birds are, they're called they're Tengu, warriors. Tengu warriors, which is always so weird. Like who was like, yeah, let's do bird suits. Cause those aren't from like the Japanese show or anything like that, but they're, also like but then they're used on the tv show it's funny to me that they chose to use those on the tv show well i guess they make sense but that in there on the show they're tanga warriors you know but i wizard of oz in the book by the way oh do they really mm-hmm. i think i think amy joe johnson said that in an interview once and it always kind of stuck with me because i do think about that as being like Uzzle. i what Uzets? um yeah that Uzzle-let. can't be right. like O-O-Z-E-L-E-T. Uzzelet. That is the weirdest like name. Uzzelet. Okay, let's just call them Ooze Warriors. Let's just... Like... <laughs> um, now I, well, also, I still love that because I, even to this day, I still actually think it looks good when they explode. Mm-hmm. Like that. You know, minus, minus the cartoon one that melts down. But like... Or the eyes popping out. Yeah. But the one like he kicks against the wall and it blows up or the one he kicks into the you know, the rafters thing and it like becomes the liquid. I always, mm-hmm. I'm, I watch that still and I'm like, this looks good. It's not like, Oh, that was a really badly done effect. Like it's still, it holds up really well, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I feel practical stuff. I feel like works still to this day. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't mind the dinosaur thing that the skeleton that shows up I love or the dinosaur thing. Um, the, 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 the yeah, the Temple Warriors, I like those guys too. Yeah, like the physical fighting there and then like actually having this giant puppet like that they're fighting that's like the dinosaur skeleton. Oh, yeah. Really impressive and a lot of fun. And like seeing the sense of scale of that is something that we hadn't seen previously to that extent. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And also, you, if you kind of like lay this all out, you're like, oh, wow, they they did go through a, a creating a lot of things. You know, so you had Ivan, you know, you had Morden. Obviously, those two big, you know, one a rubber suit, the other like a guy with prosthetics. But then they made the the, the Uzlets, whatever you want to call them, uh, you know, the Tangas, the or Tangus, and then and then the the dinosaur, and then the warriors, you know, and then I mean, I guess the other the two uh i forget the names of the scorpions no but... scorpatron and i can't remember the hornet hornetar the the two of them but they're they're i guess like computer based they're not like they didn't mm-hmm. create them but 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 also they're worth did. noting too there's still more monsters there's a lot of monsters in this movie that i never really thought of like i didn't really add it all up like more than an average thing so there's a lot of obstacles to face so um well, you know, speaking of Hornetar and the Scorpion, like, what do we think of the effects in this movie? Um, all the physical effects stuff, I think, works, like, for the most part. Um, 
any of the stuff where it's even just like the the kid actors like doing physical stunts um any of the did you just call them kid actors i mean like uh, like just versus like the suit actors right how old are you now <laughs> um 72 but yeah uh when these when these little kids come out here and do these hang on, i gotta go find my hard candies uh <laughs> but like any of that stuff i feel like it works and any of the the puppet based stuff or like the the suit action stuff i think looks great um i like have expressed not just in this episode but in previous episodes like i love the movie suits of the rangers um the cgi effects i think are lacking and i think i don't think i don't know i don't think all of them are i think I think some of them are, but also it's 1995. You know what I mean? Like not everything was Jurassic park yet, you know, which came out in 90, uh, 93, 93. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I guess, well, like what, what were you saying before we started recording what the budget was? It's 15 million, which is not, I'm, I'm going to look up Jurassic parks budget right now too. But, um, I mean like other movies that came out this year, like Casper, mortal Kombat. Um, Mortal Kombat special effects are not great either, though. The physical effects are great. Physical the, effects, yes. Um, Jumanji, the CGI in that oh, is also like Jumanji's pretty. Are, what, I think Jumanji's fantastic. Do you not? The I mean, like I enjoy watching it, but I also Ju- but like, by comparison, Jumanji's budget is sixty five million dollars. What yeah. was you said, Casper? Yeah. Okay, that's not going to help me. Casper, 1995 movie, right? I also saw yeah. that in the movie theater, though. I really liked that when I saw that in the theater. We had some good movies this year. Jumanji, Batman Casper, Forever. Power Ranger, Batman Forever. Shoot. Oh, my God. Casper only has 47% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's disgusting to me. We watched that last week. Did you feel like it was 47% or do you think it should be high? Okay, so Casper's got a budget of 55. What was, let's check Jurassic Park. Although I feel like I am going to be shocked about Jurassic Park's budget because. Okay, um, well, I mean, Congo also. Jurassic Park. Oh my God. This is actually shocking to me. Jurassic Park's budget is $63 million. (laughs) I feel like they did very well with their budget because nowadays. like Coffee money. Well, how old, how, what was Jurassic World budget? Welcome to our Jurassic Park podcast that you didn't know was rolled into this other podcast. Okay. By comparison, Jurassic World's budget was 150 million. Gross. Good Lord. Um, More than double. Good Lord. Other 1995 effects movies, Congo. I feel like Power Rangers probably is, you know what? I own Congo, but I have not seen it in a while. Congo creature effects, not great. Uh, Amy, good. Gorilla. Amy, good. Amy, Mother. Amy, gorilla. Uh, bad Boys. Um, that's more practical. Explosion. Yeah, that's not a ton of that. Uh, goofy movie. Very uh, distinct for its use of uh, creature effects. <laughs> the Net was this year. Oh, my God. Remember when she orders the pizza in the movie and you're like, wait a minute. How'd she order that pizza on the Internet? Can I do that? And I had to wait 15 years for that to be real. Mr. Holland's opus. Um, well, how do you feel about Babe, like getting the, the animal's mouths to move? Do you think that was CGI or they just waited till? Isn't he a puppet? Babe? No. Is he never a puppet at all in the movie? I mean, I don't know. I haven't been on set in a while. <sighs> for that 1995 movie. Listen, that like 10. That'll, that'll do, pig. Um, 
I'm going to look this up. I need to know, is Babe a puppet? Is Babe a puppet? Uh, was this year? Um, the That has... Some... Okay, just so you know, I am correct. Babe was a puppet. Okay. What about... Um, it's not. He's not always a puppet, but it says, in addition to the use of live animals, Jim Henson's Creature Shop supplied realistic animatro- uh, animatronic animals for Babe, 50% of the total shots, Ferdinand the Duck, 50% of the total shots, Fly and Rex the Sheep Dodge, which only 10% of the shots, Duchess the Cat, 90% of her shots, and the Singing Mice, which is 100% of their shots. So Babe is mostly puppets, and it is a testament to its special effects that you thought that that was a real pig. This does not uh, fix the fact that I said the effects in Power Rangers, the movie film from 1995, were questionable. Here's the thing, babe. Double the budget of Power Rangers, though, 30 million. So mm-hmm. I, I, here's what I'm going to say, like, because even adjusted with like inflation, I think Power Rangers did a lot with the budget it was given. Sure, I think a lot of that probably was funneled into a either the like locations, the the suits that they created, those physical effects. I feel like a lot of that budget was not used for the CGI. Again, well, the, like, the budget for 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 comparison, the budget of the 2017 movie was 105 million. Gross. And um, it made it made 142. Hmm. And then Johnny Mnemonic was also that year, by the way. Um, I have too many pages open now. So, I, like, if if there is a weak point, like watching this now, it's the effects. Yeah, right? th- I mean, you watch it now and you're kind of like, oh, these special effects are like television has come further now in these mm-hmm. in these effects. And I think maybe that is it's like what you're saying, like that is kind of maybe they should have gone with like puppetry or um, or just like in the show, like the rubber suit method or anything like that. Because mm-hmm. like when I watch Turbo, you know, even though I don't love the Turbo movie, at least the Megazord like still. Yeah, I like when it's the Megazord. I like how the Megazord comes together, too, because it all feels very real. You know what I mean? Even though it's like miniatures combined with stuff. But it is one of those things. But that's kind of the product of its time. It did step into that. That's what you said. But it is hard to look at the face because you're like, well, where's the face? Why does it have those weird lips, but nothing else? And the the director has said, like, one of the reasons like he signed on to do it was like he was also interested in special effects and doing CGI. Like it was just kind of like starting to ramp up. Um, so he was very interested in going that route for certain elements. So I think that was probably like one of those things where it was very much his choice to have a specific section of the movie be heavily CGI. Um, yeah. It is interesting how they incorporate some of those CGI elements to like physical areas. Right. So like you have the scene at the end where the the Zords by themselves, like, again, we don't generally see Zords acting on their own. Not uh, often. A lot. But there is a good portion of that movie where like you have individual Zords and they're going off doing specific things, trying to like either, you know, fight the the two. I mean, like you get the boogie with the bear. Come on. Mm hmm. Um, I, I, I love Adam w- with his sword and he's like, I love how he lines up and just is like the thing immediately hits him. And he's like, well, I'm on fire. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, Also like Tommy saving the train by like parking his wings across the rail of the train, which I don't think that would work, but uh, I mean, if a quarter, something. if Hey, if a quarter can derail a train, a Falcon can save a train. 
Uh, that was definitely something Science. I reenacted when I got a Falcon Zord, like the one Zord I. Oh, got I thought you were just going to say as a kid, like you flapped your wings and made kids like ride trains like, over on, you. Ma, I gotta lay down to save this train. <laughs> yeah, oh. and that was the last we saw of Ken. He was very into that movie, and uh, um, fried green tomatoes. And stand by me. Big that was it. Um, and stand by me. Loved a good train murder story. <laughs> uh but I feel like like having some sort of physical effects interacting with the CGI, I thought was really neat, especially at the time. Um, just the scale of it. Uh, we totally skipped over the ooze thing, but what ooze thing? Just the the cool thing in that whole. There's like a weird subplot with like the parents like walking off a cliff. Oh yeah, becoming the, the like zombies. I love the music that plays during that. The ha ha ha. What leap to our doom? Oh, I well, we'll get to that next because I do want to talk about the music of the movie, though. Okay, um, but but I, but I do I do agree. Like I I I know you like it. I like them. I love the ooze factor because I think around this time when we were kids, you know, Nickelodeon gak was a big thing, gak. oozing, sliming, Ninja Turtles, all that stuff. Everything was sl- sticky and slimy. First VHS I owned was the uh, Turtles. Too, like the secret of the use thing and i was like this is so cool they got that broken canister um you could yep. go to give you kind of an idea of how much people loved slime uh at the time prior to like the slime phase that kids went through within the last like five years here right um where it's not even making, the same no they're just making it out of glue and glitter and stuff but yeah. uh Ugh. like you could go to a grocery store and like you would have to walk around with your parents like your mom would be like, all right, well, I'm going to spend an hour here and you would yeah. hope you would get a quarter to go to the gumball machine. Oh, yeah. But the thing was, you always like hung out right near the the cash register and you were on your best behavior at the cash register. So like the cashier would say something nice about the you as a child to your parent. So that way, like when she would give her the change, you could be like, mom, do you have any quarters? Yeah. And then she'd be like, if I don't give you a quarter, I'm going to look like a bad parent. So she would give you quarters or she would give the cashier a dollar. So she'd get four quarters. That was the dream. Right. Yeah. Um. So but then you would run over to the wall of like gumball machines and I you always go machines. for the gack. Right. Always go they for have it, yeah. like an entire machine that's just like a little like you'd be like, what slime. color am I going to get? Yeah. Um, you could used to get like little ninja figures or a little like uh, there was one. That you had, you like, remember the guys you could throw at the wall too, and they'd like mm-hmm. stick at the They're wall like, and then like fall down. Yeah, uh, the hands. The, the sometimes they would have licensed ones. I do remember they had a Power Ranger like little. They were almost like micro machine size. Oh, um, but uh, that did not last long. Very long. That well, they, they did have the Power Ranger. Remember, you could also do the stickers. So they had yep. like the the those those. The I remember light. those. Those were expensive though. They were like the dollar. You, you had would to have to dollar. spend all four quarters. And yeah. And you're like, no, be like, why did you do that? Where's and my change? Yeah. Where are you going to stick that? And then you would stick it on the dash of the car <laughs> and they'd be like, I can't believe you just did that. Um, well, you're never getting any of this change again. <laughs> I remember getting the slime so much and my mom hating it every time I would do it because I would open it in the car. It would fall on the floor of the car. And like, if you hadn't vacuumed a car, which like single parent wouldn't do that pretty regularly so you just pick it up and it would have like all the floor gunk in it and you would be like no it's fine i still i'll play with it oh i had a i got i i specifically have a tactile memory of this like you like you said got the quarter put it in got the gas like whatever the slime it was black 
this one. So I don't know who was like, yeah, that's a great, that's a great one for kids. That won't stay anything. I don't know what I did, but somehow it was all in my bed. So I remember sitting <laughs> on my bed and watching my mother peeling it off little piece by little piece off of all the sheets. Like it was every, like I must've fallen asleep and rolled in it or something. And it was everywhere. And I remember I was no longer allowed to get anything out of the machines <laughs> after that. That was, I like, I very specifically remember holding the thing, popping it open, holding the liquid in my hand, and then being like, whoops, it's in the bed everywhere. The weird thing is you were 17 when it happened. Yeah, it was so weird. I, she didn't, I was like, bah, I, can, I, can, I can buy pornography now. You can let me buy the GAC again. She's like, no, never. She's like, no, go get me my Playgirl. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> she, she liked Penthouse. Oh my God, this got so off track, but... Um. Uh. Anyway, well, let's. That's a great, uh, great area to uh, uh, brown chicken, brown cow on over to the music, right? Okay. Sure. Uh, <laughs> that's a segue. <laughs> um. So, I, I I don't know about you, uh, but I love the soundtrack of this movie. I had it on tape. Oh, I'm so jealous of you. My friend, like one of my best friends growing up, he had it. And I was just, I always was like, can I borrow this, Steven? Can I borrow this? And, um, I, you know, the Power Rangers. Uh, uh, okay, this is my fun fact. The 1995 movie version of Go Go Power Rangers recorded by the Power Rangers Orchestra is the song that whenever I do half marathons, marathon, whatever I've done. I will play that for the last five to 10 minutes of my race. Cause it's the song where I'm like, okay, no matter how down I am, I know I won't stop while I'm hearing this song. So it is the song that I finish every single race to. Hmm. Um, but I love like, I love higher ground. I like, uh, come on, who didn't wait up and try and watch the shampoo music video for trouble. And my intro up YouTube every so often when I do, I'm just like, yeah, I'll watch this right now. Yeah. Uh oh, we're in trouble. And people are always like, "That's the song they immediately think of." And I'm like, "I don't know. I think of uh, like obviously, snap the power." Like I said it at the beginning of this. Are you ready, action boy? Now, action girl. Come on, that's what they're fighting. But I also love the kung fu dancing that plays over the credits. The that version of it specifically, the Fun Thomas version. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I don't know about you, but the song, the Van Halen song. That is the like what's playing at the end of the movie dreams mm-hmm. is like amazing. I think that's I it's one of those like I hear that and I'm just like it. it's that type of a song that I hear and it brings so many memory senses back. You know, like you can remember watching the movie. You remember what it felt like, you know, I don't know. That's just me. But I also think the score of the movie is really good, too. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's it's one of those things. I think that was one of the first soundtracks where I was like, I like all of it. Like I would get, you know, if you think of Batman and uh, Batman forever was another soundtrack that I had on tape. And I, I would be like, well, I'm going to listen to three songs on this and that's it. Um, Hey, Power Rangers one. I would listen to like a lot of it. Ace Ventura pet detective, uh, not pet detective. When nature calls. My brother had that soundtrack on tape. We listened to secret agent man over and over and over again. And the Chicago song. Chicago. Um, this is what happened in the 90s when you didn't have CDs yet. I remember Turbo is actually the first CD I ever I ever owned. I bought the Turbo soundtrack. Do you regret it? No, I still actually really, I still have it. It's like, I know exactly where it is right here with me. I brought it with me. Um, I think it was great because it had the Power Rangers Zeo songs on it too. But 
Um, I've always been a big fan of the Power Rangers music of that early '90s music of the show. I think it's something that I wish, I wish that sort of attention was given to it still because I think it was really a backbone in the beginning of it. You know, it was that like very, very '90s like grunge kind of rock sound yeah, to it just a song for the intro like you would have songs for specific characters or like specific like things that were going to occur like the fight song or like the the go green ranger go or whatever i still i think combat and fight are like my two favorite mm-hmm. songs from that but like you know we need a hero is great too they're all like they really kind of lucked out this like gem of a collection of things they found mm-hmm. and i i you know the movie's different because it is like a lot of songs that were pre-existing, but there's just something about the charm of how they all come together for me. But um, I no, So I enjoy it. But um, before we wrap up here, we just, let's talk a little bit about how this relates to the show. So we, we did say, you know, earlier that this is, it is its own thing. It exists separately of the universe of power Rangers It is not technically within continuity, but I feel like we should talk about the Ninja quest a little bit because it does bear some similarities to it. Mm-hmm. You know, the ninja suit, the ninjetti suits became the ninja suits and they got the extra mask. So the stunt, the stunt doubles could wear it, I think. So they could do, you know, second unit filming while they were doing first unit filming. But, um, do we, what else did we get from the movie? I mean, the Zords are the same. Tangle warriors for a little bit. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. No, no. Yeah. We, they were the, they were the bad guys for all of season three. Right. Um, did we get, we, you said we got ooze, ooze right? No. We didn't get any ooze people. We did get we did get that one monster that Master Vile brought, but it wasn't really it wasn't an ooze monster. I mean, he was kind of oozy, but he wasn't like. I'm trying to think, I think the, the I mean the one thing that I remember is like aside from the uh, the the birds, it's like the the ninja suits, and I remember the toys that I specifically got from the movie that I aside from like the McDonald's ones were the ninja suits so like having them already when the season started and they were doing that quest i was like i'm already prepped for this like i can watch it and play at the same time yeah i i think um you know so in the show the events that kick it off are basically like rito shows up she's go she's uh rito is rita's brother and uh he has the egg and he hatches the the tango warriors that are for her so they're the new bad guys and then rito is uh, obviously more than the Zords can handle. So he destroys the Zords, which then cause this feedback into the command center, which destroys the power Rangers powers. And they have to go to another planet and go on this quest, essentially this ninja quest where they find ninja. And, and on the show, it ties into, they're trying to find the person who created the power coins to begin with. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it adds a little bit more depth to it. And then they get the same costumes, same Zords, but the Zords are no longer CGI. They're, they're like back to the, the normal way of doing it. Um, and they have the Tango Warriors still, and then they get Ninjor as like an ally for a bit too. Um, in the Dudley Do Right voice, um, Rangers. I still love the scene where he like Kimberly says something in the vase, and he's like, "Oh, what a rude little girl you are!" <laughs> like, I always I laugh at that, but um, I I think that's cool because that's where really Power Rangers started to kick off a lot more. You know, it started in season two at the beginning of Lord Zed, but I love that like filling in of this lore where they started to like be like, okay, well, let's reach back. Like what, you know, what else is going on here? And then, you know, so, so we did get some, I, I can iconography carry through from the movie, but not, not a ton really, you know? 
they basically put the suits to to good use i feel like what did they say when they morphed because they used like the one finger so they used like their finger ninja ranger power now that's what they did you know so like i said before i think the movie is aging well i I still love it and you know i i think about a thing honestly sometimes people will say what's your favorite movie and i'm like you think it's the best movie you've ever seen or the movie you've seen the most time and i think it's just like a movie you enjoy a lot and i have to say that like I, i i you know I, I don't like saying guilty pleasures because it implies that you don't enjoy watching it or that you're ashamed of it in some way. Yeah. And I, I do actually believe that the power Rangers movie is probably one of the movies I have seen the most in my life. And there aren't many movies that I've seen that many times, regardless of, you know, whether it's got, you know, faulty in filmmaking, whether it's not the best, most compelling storyline, any of that stuff. But I still think this, this is in, you know, I, I try to think years from now, am I still going to be watching it? Yeah. I think I'll watch it still. It's, I would say this and like the original Ninja Turtles movie, like are two of the movies that I remember watching when I was younger and loving so much and being able to go through, you know, adolescence into my teens to my twenties and stuff. And just being like, I still enjoy it. There's, there's things about it that are super endearing. There's the things where you're talking about like specific songs that remind you like, that trigger these very specific memories and mm-hmm. can bring you like instantly back to a specific time. And though, like this is one of those movies where I can be like, I remember this specific thing, uh, like, you know, what point of my life I was in, what I was doing at that time, you know, things that are related to it, like the toys that were coming out, like how I, you know, conned my dad into buying me all the McDonald's toys, like how I conned my grandparents into getting me the shiny, like, power ranger movie toys and like i was a terrible child but you know it's like watching this movie is so enjoyable because i'm able to remember like you know i got to spend time with my dad we saw this multiple times in theaters and he was fine with it um because it it does bring more to the table than just like being a a stupid kid show movie yeah yeah, I, I you know you actually touched on something we didn't even say the the McDonald's tie-in toys were great too because you got the little morpher with the three coins that had the double side coins you could get the communicator and like I remember I was always crazy for the communicator so I was like yes then there's like a weird alarm it was like some weird other stuff but like the communicator the morpher the hot item and then you had the the extra buy up toy which you you know we've all enjoyed which was the Zords that the it was like little cock but they didn't connect or anything but the Rangers sat in them. Right. And, you know, I st- potentially a couple the of them here see those Zords. Right. Um, but it also was like the only translation of the movie suits that we had at that point. Mm, that's actually a good point. I never thought of that. So like the it wasn't until uh, Bandai did the anniver- like the movie figures at Toys R Us, you know, years and years later where you got the movie suits uh, translated to like a physical toy, which I do have all of those. I bought all of those about the Ivan news figure. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have all the morphers though, which is really disappointing to me. I only have the red and the white one. I never ended up getting the blue and the pink one. And I'm so bummed out about it because that's my thing. I collect the morphers. I don't but think I have any of the ones from that. But. I, I got lucky. I got, well, I mean, I bought the white one when that first came out and then the red, blue and pink came later. And the red one I got like, on clearance but then was like oh i'm gonna buy the blue and pink and then like disappeared and now it's impossible i'm like "Ah, i just remember like that summer was filled with like going back to the movies to see this and you know getting the toys and like playing at 
my friend's camp with all the movie toys and my dad having the foresight to be like, well, I'm going to buy you all these McDonald's toys now because I know with what happened with the Power Rangers toys a year ago, two years ago, it's going to be a pain to try to track all these down. So let's just get them out of the way now. Yeah. And he was right. Like that was one of those things where like I had friends who would go and be like, yeah, I only have like the yellow and the the red Ranger. They, they were sold out of all the other ones. So it's, you know, just really good memories tied to this movie. And it, it holds up like as an enjoyable thing. And it's one of those things I've shown to other people in adulthood to be like, this is a fun movie and have them agree. Like people who are not fans with, of power Rangers at all are like, it's because it is a very like easy to understand plot, but it's also fun. It's not, it doesn't drag. It's very quick, but it's, you know, it has likable characters, super awesome, like creature effects and like costume design and the fight scene with the CGI, like if they mm-hmm. feel like it, they can laugh at it now, but it's also like, it's just an interesting time capsule. The entire thing, I think is a very interesting time capsule. Yeah. For movies, for the nineties, for, for, for a lot of things. And and it's fun. It's a simple, it's a fun movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's the thing that comes through the most is that, it, that it's, it's not too serious, but, but at the same time, it takes the story it's telling seriously. It delivers it, and I think that's why it's a success. Is that for me? Is is because it is a like you said earlier, it's a good representation of the show. You know, it's the things you love about the show, but in a heightened way. You know, if anything, I feel like they go too over the top of some of the fighting when they're in their suits. But other than that, I'd be like, this is this is great. So, well, so there you have it. That is our revisit of the 1995 Power Rangers movie for the 25th anniversary. It makes me feel really old because I remember being 10 years old, going to see this movie, uh, being like, we did well. Fourth grade's over. Let's go to the movies. And I, my friend's mom brought us and it was awesome. And I feel old. So there you have it. We feel old. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so that'll do it for this episode. But uh, if you do want to suggest anything about other episodes, if you want to get in touch with us, you can always send us an email at podcastrangers at gmail.com. There's the Twitter, Instagram. Those are all the same. Podcast Rangers, the handle on there. Um, thank you, Ken, for having this discussion. Hey, thank you. And thank you, everyone out there. Thank you, everyone out there for listening. But we will be back with another episode of Podcast Rangers. <laughs>